0: It wasn't really a choice, it was a requirement to finish a mile in under 12 minutes to pass a test for black belt training, a goal that I had been working on for several years. I had never considered myself to be a runner. My dad had always run in local 5Ks, I finished my first one at a solid walk-jog speed in 7th grade, and I had always struggled at the Presidential Fitness Test mile. I learned how to run for my black belt test first by walking for 3 minutes and running for 1. Eventually, that turned into walking for two, running for two, then walking for one, running for three, until I could run a full four minutes without a break. I continued to repeat that until I was able to finish that mile in just 12 minutes. It felt grueling at the time, but as hard as that first mile was, I quickly fell in love with the rush of my feet hitting the pavement, accomplishing one mile at a time. And also the quiet time to think, to reflect, to process, time that I'd never given myself before. It didn't feel natural, and I certainly was not fast. The next year, after doing my black belt test, I joined the lacrosse team, and I could barely keep up with the back of the group. But running was the only part of that sport that I actually enjoyed. Eventually, running became a regular part of my routine. It was just once or twice a week at first until I found myself running in early mornings before school or squeezing sessions on the treadmill at the Y after school. I was going through a pretty tough time in my life, and I felt like the minute I laced up my shoes, all of the heart of the day just washed away. And I could just focus on the tapping of my sneakers on the pavement, the whir of the treadmill, watching the miles tick past while I got lost in the beat of the music. The heart of running had nothing on the heart of my everyday life, so I started to crave it. I started training for my first 10-miler that year, finishing it in just over an hour and a half, and I was hooked. Flash forward, oh, 16 years, and a few weeks ago, I sat down to talk with my therapist. Without anything big on my mind to talk about, so we started chit-chatting about my upcoming marathon and how much I had loved my training this time around. And then I told her that I was already thinking about my next race. And then I paused and I said, but I'm honestly not sure if it's a good idea or not. Why wouldn't it be a good idea? She asked me curiously. I was almost taken aback because something my therapist also knows is that I had a long battle with disordered eating. And those early days of running actually coincided pretty closely with when my eating disorder began. Hints of it towards the end of my black belt training, just before I got my black belt, into my junior year of high school, that first year of lacrosse. So a few years later, when I finally went to get help... Running was one of the first things that was pinpointed as not being a good idea. And I totally understand it now. Many female runners struggle with eating disorders, as it's often thought that leanness leads to speed, though we know now it's so much more individual than we once thought. And I was running more. And yes, I had realized that the more I ran, the more calories I burned and taking time away from that measuring and that tracking was a really important part of my healing. So I did reduce my running significantly. But I realized really quickly that I missed the other things that running brought to me. But I convinced myself that I had to limit my running. It just wasn't good for me, even beyond those initial months of healing. I remember the summer after I finished treatment for my eating disorder, I had just started casually running again around the neighborhood, nothing too crazy, and I had also been selected to study abroad in Italy for the summer. So I got to Italy in late June, and the first morning there, I decided to go for a run to explore the town. So I pulled on my shorts and tank top, I laced up my shoes, I fired up my iPod, and I hit the streets for about two minutes. All of a sudden, my legs felt like jello, and I realized I couldn't breathe. I tried to keep going a couple more minutes and I had to stop and walk home. I was confused. I was defeated. I got back to my apartment and I shared my experience with one of my friends who shook her head and laughed and reminded me that we were in the mountains. I had never run higher than sea level. Okay, that made sense now. So I gave up running for the summer. I focused on falling in love with Italy instead. We went on lots of long walks through olive and fig trees. We explored the cities in and surrounding Calabria. And I also fell in love with food. So when I got home, I didn't start running again right away. I let running call to me. And when it did, I answered. It was slow at first. I had learned from my trip to Italy that running truly wasn't a need. It was a want. It was something that I loved to do. So I also happened to meet my husband, or my then-boyfriend, that fall, and we quickly fell into a routine of seeing each other nearly every night after class. I would run sometimes in the morning if my classes weren't too early, and on the weekend when I was at my parents' house and he was sailing, but it wasn't anything too crazy. I was actually on a run training for my next 10 miler when shortly after graduation, shortly after we had moved all of our things into a tiny apartment room where we were going to start our life together, he called me and told me that he wasn't going to be allowed to come back into the U.S., He's Canadian, for those of you who don't know, and he thought he was able to just get a job and come back and live in the U.S., but uh, that is not exactly how it works. We know now. (laughs) So he figured that, you know, I'll be able to come back eventually, but certainly not now. I broke down immediately. I told him we should get married. He thought it was crazy because we had only been dating for nine months and had just decided to move in together. (laughs) And even though I was almost done with my run, I turned around and started running again. I was teary-eyed and I was just completely broken. The next six months were some of the hardest that I can remember, moving back in with my parents, navigating, trying to concentrate on school while applying for culinary school to try and get to Canada to be with him, and also trying to maintain our long-distance relationship. No one really knew what I was going through because no one I knew had experienced that, and I didn't feel like there was anyone to talk to or anyone that understood. So running felt like the only place I could really think. Less than a year later, I moved to Toronto and running was kind of the last thing on my mind as I navigated starting culinary school and then our whirlwind engagement and wedding. So I was running here and there I did one 5k just for fun and our second spring there I started running more regularly by the waterfront near our first tiny studio apartment. I had taken a break during the winter because cold Canadian winters and I remember vividly the feeling of that first run again by the water. It was like a long lost friend that I never wanted to let go of again. I remember that time, despite the fact that I was still pretty deep in diet culture at this point and I hadn't really let go of this idea of wanting to look a certain way, I realized that running had never had anything to do with calories burned or the size of my body. That battle had always been with food. It had always been with my mind. I had turned to workouts quite a bit to try and change my body, but running has never felt like a workout. Yes, it's physically demanding, but a side benefit to running is that I didn't have to work out. I was running because I love running. So I started to become more comfortable with running for fun until I became pregnant with my first daughter and almost immediately my body gave running a big thumbs down. So I took a break during pregnancy and early postpartum and it was after that that I fell into the bodybuilding world. The bodybuilding world told me that running would make me too lean and not muscular enough. So I should definitely avoid it at all costs. I ran a little bit, I had some friends who are runners, and so I went on some runs with them. But during most of that time, I actually tried to avoid it. I tried to avoid something I loved because I was told that I needed to focus on strength training and focus on my macronutrients and the food that I ate. And that actually caused me to relapse into disordered eating, and it actually made running a lot harder because I wasn't fueling myself for the runs that I so desperately wanted to do but felt like I shouldn't. So... After moving out of the bodybuilding world a couple years later, I tried to start running again. It was really the only movement that I wanted to do. But I was also struggling with chronic fatigue after so many years of beating my body up with not enough food and way too many workouts. And so when I started working on healing my hormones and getting my body back into balance, I was also told that I couldn't ever have balanced hormones and be a runner. It just wouldn't be good for me. So I focused on healing my body and my mind. But all the while, I missed the friend that I had had in long-distance running. I missed the smell of the flowers and dodging puddles in spring races, the crunch of fall leaves, and even the sweat of mid-summer early morning runs. I missed it all. So despite everyone's well-meaning advice, slowly... I started increasing my mileage again. As I started learning about intuitive eating and intuitive movement, and I was encouraged to do the movement that made me feel most joyous, not what somebody else said I should or shouldn't do, the answer was always a resounding running. So I slowly started running again, just a few miles at a time, and all of the happy feelings of loving the sport came back. I realized once again that I loved running not because of how it made me look, and in fact, I didn't ever associate running with the way I looked. I never did. It was something that I've always done for the love of the sport." And I also realized that food restriction and running, they don't work well together, just like when I was bodybuilding and I wasn't feeling good on my runs. I ate and I continue to eat the most I ever have when I'm training because my body begs for it. Fueling well meant better runs, less injury, and more energy. So running has helped me to look at food as an important form of fuel to help me do what I love. It helped me to fall in love with all that food can do. More food meant I could do more of what I love. Running was never about destruction or restriction, no matter what other people thought. And so I realized this telling my therapist that running has always kind of felt like a form of healing. It's always been my way of taking it all out on the pavement. It's always held that space for me when I felt like no one else could. In some of the darkest days of my life, running has always been there. And to be really clear, running isn't a substitute for therapy or mental health intervention, but it was a part of my healing I don't think I realized was there until it wasn't. I allowed the voices around me to tell me that running was something I should feel like I shouldn't do. And when I released the idea that it was something I shouldn't do, I was able to lean into what it could be and what a healthy relationship with running could look like. Running is something that's helped me to survive. Thinking about and training for races is something that has and continues to give me so much immense joy. Running distances is something that reminds me that having a healthy relationship with food helps me to do what I love. It's helped me to connect with my body in ways I never could have imagined. Crossing the finish line isn't at all about finishing. It's always about beginning again. Running is something that I just love. So I don't know if I should start running again once I feel recovered from the marathon. I mean, I want to, but I don't know if it's a good idea to train for a spring marathon. I said to her, my therapist looked at me. She smiled and she said, I think it sounds like a really good idea. Because not every love story looks like Romeo and Juliet or Harry and Sally. But like most love stories, Running and I have had our ups and downs. We've had a lot to navigate to get to the healthy place where we're at. But it's worth it when you find love. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me.